morning to you, and welcome to They Made Another One, where we... What do we do here? Hang on, I've forgotten our, my intro. <laughs> you I wore have, yourself out. I have to do it again, but I ruined the funny bit that I was going to suddenly do a bad impression of an Irish accent. It's Is it right. funnier to keep all of this in? It might be. <laughs> a future Corey will have to decide. Welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we do bad impressions while studying an often forgotten installment in a franchise and seeing how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Shamrock. I don't know. Man, I'm your other host, Lubden. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for anybody who didn't figure out by that impeccably smooth, rock-solid professional opening, or by looking at a calendar, it's St. Patrick's Day. It's a great day if you're Irish. It's a great day to pretend you're Irish. I don't actually know what St. Patrick's Day is about. I mean, I do because, like, the titular saint. But I don't really know, like, what his deal is, despite having gone to uh, Catholic schools. So um, we're treating this as Leprechaun Day. And uh, last week we talked a bit about how um, we wanted to have a bit of a tradition going. We had been meaning to get to the Leprechaun franchise. And uh, in what better way? Than on St. Patrick's Day itself, the birthday of Lubden, that we we start this process with um everyone's favorite leprechaun movie to choose randomly out of a number generator leprechaun three. That's pretty much how it happened, right, Liam? That's exactly how it happened. Yeah, Corey and I have decided that every St. Patty's Day from here on out will be Leprechaun Day on the podcast because there there are so many sequels in this franchise that I think all of them qualify for this podcast. That isn't always the case, even in a long franchise. Um, there are some cases where it's like, okay, uh, the second one, it makes sense that they made that. Everyone knows about that. The third one, the same. And then you get into some deeper stuff. But I think when it comes to Leprechaun, it starts off feeling direct to video, even though they were theatrical for the first two movies. And so um, Corey and I have plugged all the sequels and reboots after the first Leprechaun movie into a generator every St. Paddy's Day. We'll, we'll see where we're at. And eventually, dude, we're just going to we're going to get to a St. Paddy's Day and th- there will be more movies on the list than there were. When oh, we started. Almost certainly, because there's, there's going to be a new one, of course. So there's eight total movies. Seven of those are sequels. And they've been making those sequels for 24 years. Yeah, I mean, St. Paddy's Day is every year. It never really, uh, it never gets old. Everyone knows what a leprechaun is. That's true. And I think everyone is at least familiar with Leprechaun, like the horror franchise. Weirdly, I think the most well-known one might be Leprechaun in the Hood, exclusively because of its name. That's, That's true. And even then, I would say... I would say you kind of have to be like a movie person who like yeah who like jokes about movies maybe like went to video stores as a kid because I think we're getting a bit obscure here where it's like Leprechaun is a is a big check off the list for us as we're visiting all these horror franchises but um, I think you you go to that average moviegoer who isn't a particular horror fan or even... walk into your local Cineplex and as people enter. Ask them what their favorite Leprechaun movie is. Most of them might not have an answer for you. But if somebody does, I would bet it is Leprechaun in the Hood. Because, wow, what is that fucking title? Yeah. And then he goes back to the hood afterwards. We got a lot, we get, we've got a lot to get to, man. Yeah, and uh, we are kicking it off with uh, 
Leprechaun 3, and that's great because each of these movies sort of give us a theme right off the bat. Um, and in this one, uh, the movie is also known, allegedly, according to the Wikipedia page, I haven't seen a single poster or DVD that says this, uh, Leprechaun 3 in Vegas. So we're hitting the casinos, baby. Time to gamble on the high roller tables and the the big the big slots. I don't know anything about uh about gambling. But we're going to talk a bit about casinos and gambling and our experience with that. But first, Liam, this is our first kick at the leprechaun can. And so yeah. I don't know why that was funny. This is serious business. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's going to be serious business. You said we're going to talk about casinos and gambling, <laughs> but before we get to that, and because we've established that you don't know much about gambling, the listeners are like <laughs> are, are listening with bated breath right now. Like, are they going to discuss Liam's get- crippling gambling addiction? <laughs> is it go coming get, out? Go get your championship watch from the World Series of Poker. <laughs> yeah. uh, but before you do that, yes. Have you seen these Leprechaun movies? Are you familiar with our boy Lubden and his antics and crimes? Well, I tell you what, I am not so familiar that I knew his name was Lubden. Um, <laughs> we did recently figure this out. We recently figured this out about four minutes ago. Corey and I were perusing the Leprechaun wiki fandom, and we saw that he's been referred to as Lubden a couple times. And so I guess that has to come up in one of the movies, and I haven't seen enough of the movies to know. So where I'm at with Leprechaun is that I've I've known about him for what feels like most of my life. Like, I would say... <laughs> I would say he's the same as Freddy and Jason for me, where I just, I can't really remember discovering it because uh, I just kind of, it was like always around. I got into horror movies and then I just knew about it. In fact, I have a vivid memory of, I bet I was in 2007, 2008, and I was partaking in a um like fantasy wrestling tournament on the internet with some uh friends who were about my age you know we would have been like 10 or 11 years old i had met them through youtube because um they would make like horror short films and talk about like goosebumps books and stuff and we all decided to do a fantasy wrestling league where each of us would pick a horror movie character that was like our guy and then one mastermind of the tournament uh one specific kid would like write out uh fantasy wrestling matches that the two characters would have had and then tell us who who won and then the tournament would go on that's a big responsibility how did you decide who was going to be ringleader it was his idea so he just does it so he got to decide i mean he was just going to pick his favorite like if 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 he was a big if he loves leatherface leatherface is going to win I mean, I just, I think you're not giving this kid enough credit, man. Like, at some point, you know, Dungeon Master, you've just got to be unbiased and talk about things, uh, how you think they might go down and just keep keep it interesting. And Fair enough. I, I had faith in him. And so was your boy Lubden? So my boy was absolutely Lubden. And this wasn't even because <laughs> uh, like Jason and, and Mikey and stuff were picked. It was just like I just knew I was like Leprechaun would be a sick dude to be me that he is a nasty dude um (laughs) you know liam on your horror movie journey when there's only one set of footprints on the sand it's where loved and carried you (laughs) he's always been there 
And uh, Lubden definitely won me a couple matches. I don't remember what the <laughs> outcome of this tourney was, but I didn't I didn't get bumped out first round or anything. And uh, and even before that, um, I, I remember being a kid in a video store and uh, seeing specifically Leprechaun Back to the Hood, or maybe it was just Leprechaun in the Hood because there are, there are two of them. I, w- I would see them on the shelf and I would just kind of like, marvel at the covers and think what a weird weird movie this looks to be but i never rented it and so uh despite championing leprechaun as a character in that fantasy league i never watched any of the leprechaun movies in full i i had seen some clips so um there's nothing from this movie i had seen already but i've seen some stuff from back to the hood and or in the hood on youtube i've seen some stuff from the first leprechaun movie on youtube and all that is probably around like 2007 2008 time um but i'd never seen a full movie i don't know if that's i don't really know why that is i think it's because i've never been a big fantasy guy like lord of the rings and orcs and stuff and and that seemed to cross over with leprechaun territory to me yeah are this leprechaun for anybody who doesn't know uh does look a bit more like a creature he's not like the lucky charms leprechaun who's just like a small irish man he's like wrinkly and got like claws yeah he's got like gray skin yeah yeah it's a it's a creepy design um but i i never gave it a shot also maybe it was because uh chucky terrified me as a child and it's similar enough that it's like you know it's like a small dude that comes after you and so maybe i was leery of that hold on sorry we're on leprechaun.fandom.com liam right yeah it's not the same leprechaun in every movie well you're definitely gonna have a different leprechaun after warwick davis went away in the, no, in like the last he's two. playing different leprechauns. What? It's not the leprechaun isn't magically returning, according to whoever wrote leprechaun.fandom.com. It's different leprechauns. They all just happen. Contrary to popular belief, it is not the same leprechaun in each film, despite most of them being played by Warwick Davis, as each version has slightly different powers, weaknesses appearance and behavior that this is breaking my brain that sounds like fan theory to me i bet you that isn't confirmed anywhere that's conjecture your honor we simply i will not have a kangaroo court because it's true that the leprechaun does have different powers and stuff and i can say that because um in prep for this podcast i watched not only leprechaun 3 but i also watched the original leprechaun to prepare myself for um all the other leprechauns we're going to end up watching over the years i wanted to at least get that foundation and so i watched leprechaun 3 first and then i went and watched the original leprechaun and the characteristics are a bit different like his his weakness is a, a different item in both movies and also he gets he gets got pretty good in leprechaun uh, so much so that i i wouldn't really know how he could come back but of course the killer killer always comes back it's the return of the repressed liam (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and we're uh, all repressing how much we wish we were leprechauns. And so um, there, there was nothing in either of those movies to indicate to me that it would be a different leprechaun. In fact, I, the leprechaun was played very similarly in both movies. So I, I bet you that's just that's fan theory stuff um, in order to try to tie together some ends that the filmmakers of all these various leprechaun movies didn't tie together. You know, like you could do the same thing with Friday the 13th, especially Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's just you get so many different cooks in each of your movie ki- kitchens, you know, the 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 features of the characters and and the the rules of the world are going to change but that's just because uh of uh how tough it is to tell a single story that way you know right did you like the first leprechaun movie generally um well i'll i'll speak more about it as we go on um you don't want to you know you don't want to give away the the punchline too fast i guess yeah i think and i think it'll come up naturally as we talk about this third one and also because i watched leprechaun 3 first and i think they're they're pretty similar movies um i think one sort of uh uh leads into the other but i would say the leprechaun movies are um leprechaun 3 was what i expected tonally leprechaun original was not what I expected tonally because it is very similar to Leprechaun 3. I had it in my head that the original Leprechaun would be like the original Child's Play. For everyone out there who's seen the original Child's Play, it's it's Chucky is very subdued in that movie. Um, there's a lot of restraint taken in making him like a horror icon. He doesn't really reach that status until... Um, the last 20 minutes of the movie and even then it's it's in the later installments when he really becomes the Chucky we know the tone is is very serious very dramatic I thought that that would be the original Leprechaun I thought it would be dark and um, and 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 take the subject matter quite seriously as you know it's I get that it's a Leprechaun and you can it seems like you can only take it so seriously but I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be um pretty straightforward horror i was surprised to find that the original leprechaun is is very much comedy horror um it is really wacky um a lot of punchlines a lot of jokes a lot of wisecracking i mean lubton does speak not entirely in limerick but exclusively in rhyme they're not always limericks but it does always rhyme Yes, yeah, and and after watching Leprechaun Three, um, which again that 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 was all I had seen in the Leprechaun franchise up to that point, I figured this is what he has become. Lubden has become the Leprechaun, uh, Limerick Man, and uh, killing people in all these wild sorts of ways. And Lubden uh, has become the Leprechaun <laughs> Limerick Man. <laughs> Um, you know, I I figured that it would be, you know, you can compare it to Nightmare on Elm Street too, where you watch by the end, and Freddy's like, now you're playing with power. Exactly, exactly. But in that first one, he's not like that at all. So I thought that would be the case, and it it really wasn't. That first one, um, it they knew what they wanted to do, they did it, and at least by the third one, they were they were still doing that. Yeah, yeah, just direct to video at that point. Um, so. I didn't know really anything about uh, this is a franchise. I knew that he went to the hood, which is really 
just aged so weird. He also went to space and um, to Vegas, turns out. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. And that gives us a good opening because Liam and I have a, a very particular casino experience that I feel like we may as well talk about because it's my only experience with casinos as well. And there's a lot of casinos in this movie. And um, it feels like it's worth setting the stage for our familiarity with the subject matter um, as much as loved it. And um, so for a friend's birthday, a large group of our friends in university went to like a, a local casino. And um, I feel like the word we used to describe it the most was sad. Yeah, that's how it felt at the time. Um, I want to be like... I want to be careful in describing this because anyone who's like listening to this and like frequents casinos or like has a gambling addiction or something, you know, I don't just want to talk about like how it creeps yeah, me out. Yeah, no, no, you know? no, 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 no. We're not here to like fucking dunk on people. It's a like, hey, it's a real thing in terms of like recreation. There is a way to do it that's just like fine, you yeah. know. Oh, people yeah. do it and have fun. Uh. And it can also be a serious problem. Like, and I think people are aware of that. We're not here to make light of that, but the act of going to a casino um was so bizarre. Just because the atmosphere, I think especially for us as people who also weren't like really drinking or partying, we were treating it as like um like an anthropological experience. Oh my gosh. A we're sociological gonna, we're gonna, study. We're going to come across like such squares telling this story. <laughs> like, so what we did essentially is there was, so there was at varying points, there was what me, you and like two of our other friends, I think at the most. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the, why I'm avoiding naming names like it matters, but the, the three or four squares in this friend group. <laughs> yeah. And we were just sort of like walking around and you'd see people who were like having a good time and it's like, hey, that's cool. And then you'd end up like trapped on a dance floor while other friends are trying to get drinks. You're like, well, this is claustrophobic and terrible. But the prevailing atmosphere is one of like, there is something uncanny about like, there's no clocks and you can't, there's no doors. And just as far as the eye can see, it's just lights and gambling and machines and slots and tables but like you it's the weird mixture as for somebody who was seeing it for the first time of people taking it really seriously in terms of like the poker players who wanted to look like they were on the world series of poker so they could bluff real good or whatever the fuck they do and also just people who looked like they were there all day and just this atmosphere of like everything's like neon and bright, but some stuff is off or falling apart. And some people are here to treat it as a nightclub. And for other people, it's a hobby or a dance floor or an addiction. It's such a weird atmosphere. I I couldn't find the appeal in it, but it was fascinating. But it was so strange. It felt a lot like an, air, an airport to me where like... um one, I felt like I couldn't be myself because I felt like I was being watched. watched. And like all the employees there are like um, very professional, but also like on guard. But they have to seem very I, welcoming. I felt like if I was discovered to be taking free stuff without gambling, that I was going to get kicked out because I was taking free stuff. <laughs> what was free? There was like drinks and food that was free. 
nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's it was free to get in, wasn't it? It's I free guess. to get in, and there's free stuff there because they assume that you're gonna be spending the money on gambling, and then to keep you there, all the amenities are free, so you'll continue to gamble. Yeah. It it also felt like an airport in that it was so obvious to me more so than walking down the street that every person i saw like had lived a uh, had lived a life you know had lived a full life had a story to tell was there for a reason but like i would never dare go up and ask them about it no yeah and then you and i and our and our friends were just sort of like walking around and this is a casino that's attached to a hotel and you would just occasionally end up on the other side and it's like walking into a different fucking dimension you're just like, okay, now I'm back in like something I feel like I understand. And then you walk into the casino like it's the fucking phantom zone. And there's just so many different spaces. And like there's no there's no liminal space. Like you don't transition. It's like suddenly you're on a dance floor, suddenly you're standing next to a slot machine, suddenly you're back where you keep your coats, suddenly you're upstairs and like and halfway up the stairs there is a whole entire nightclub. Like suddenly you're in the poker room like it it's so weirdly all-encompassing that if you're not buying in to like wanting to be in the casino for any of those reasons it's so weird and i don't know if like if our casino was maybe like particularly run down or something but like there were parts of it where it felt like the lights weren't on all the way or like stuff wasn't working correctly it just felt very the the impression that you got from that mixture of things was like a very off-putting like atonal kind of experience yeah it was it was a weird one man it was very strange you lose track of your friends very quickly you know they all split up they find something to do um much like a, a house party or something um and uh it's just you, you you can check out, but you never leave, you know, even for Corey and I who didn't get sucked into the game. Got... I still think about it like not constantly, but like every once in a while, I'll just be like, that was fucking that was the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so also, it... they, apparently they're just letting like basically like children in there because we were what like would have been like night 20. Um, How old were we? Approximately. How many years ago was this? It was it was it was like two? 2 2 years ago. 2 3? I don't know. Anyway, it's weird to me that very <laughs> it's weird to me that impressionable young adults can walk into a casino for free and just <laughs> do whatever the fuck they want. How did the casino let me in? <laughs> Shouldn't they have known that this experience would damage me? I'm a very sensitive boy. <laughs> don't I look like a child to you even though I'm not one? I love that we now we now have it on record of someone claiming that the casino in our city lets children in. <laughs> like we were we were of drinking age, Corey. Like we're good. Yeah, but you, do you get what I'm what I'm getting at? Right. The you're saying the casino should have recognized that you would be hurt by the experience no, no, and shouldn't no, have no, let no. you in. No, it's not about me. Like as an institution, casinos generally, it's, I know there's like age limits or whatever, but like, we didn't get like ID'd. We just fucking walked in. Like, and it's wild to me that a place where it's like, 
Scott in this movie illustrates this perfectly. You can't trust children to walk into casinos. I know he's 20 years old, but you can't trust children to fucking walk into casinos because they'll spend $23,000 playing roulette. And then turn into a leprechaun. And then turn into a fucking werewolf leprechaun like Jason Bateman. We got off lucky. Yeah. God. Luck of the Irish. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, so uh I can say that my grandparents are from Ireland. <laughs> you know, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that this is likely going to be the only leprechaun movie that takes place in a <laughs> casino. But here's here's what I here's what I propose. Liam, Corey. That is the first time anybody has ever said that sentence in the history of human life. <laughs> here's what I propose. Because Vegas is a common sequel thing, Lord knows why, but we've already covered Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas. Super weird that this story didn't come up there, but the 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 movie basically gave us this uh this trauma outside of the Vegas stuff. So we just had to talk about that. Um, so we got Flintstones Vegas. There's Vegas Vacation. That's a deep sequel. There's. I wish um, the Brady Bunch went to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. That would have been pretty cool. Um, I think Looney Tunes Back in Action is yeah, oh, Vegas. Oh, yeah, it is. You know you it know? is. And we've talked about maybe doing that on the show. And so, and there's, I bet there's so many other Goes Vegas. Yeah, it's properties. much like growing tropical. Yeah, it is like like going tropical. So what I would say, Corey, is that um, because this podcast is is nothing if not a document of our lives and our uh, us as developing sensitive boys, I I I propose that once COVID has passed, um, we go back. We we hit up at least another casino, if not the same one, and we just see where we're at now, and then uh, whenever we do a, a Vegas think, movie, we just we check back in. I think the challenge would be that we have to participate next time. Yes. We were passive observers. Oh, we, did yeah. watch, we did watch a roommate crush it for a while. Um, he walked away from that with rent money, which is pretty tight. Yeah, and he's that's that. See, that's just a dude. He's not a sensitive boy. He's just no, uh, he's not he's like confident. This. He knows how to handle himself, and um, he's good. So we need we need to be that guy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think maybe we have to gamble and see if we like it. Take a gamble, get it. Oh man, it's if, like it's like what the casinos do. If like either of us ends up betting our house away or something, this is gonna be. This is going to be amazing to have on tape. Oh yeah, that'll be. This is like <laughs> this. This is our Leprechaun right, right, Origins. <laughs> right, it's right here, Officer. And they just play the podcast. Yeah. Um, people will study this in psychology. This is much like what happens to uh to our boy Scott McCoy in the film Leprechaun Three. So he is on his way to college, but he is taking like a cross-country road trip to get there. He's like, oh, I'm going to stop in Vegas, hang out, and he ends up picking up a uh, a casino magician's assistant named Tammy who is trying to get to work, but her car broke down, and they get into hijinks because he drops her off, and then he's like, oh, you work in a casino? Let me in. I want to try that out. And then he does try that out, and he ends up betting a bunch of money, winning a bunch of money. The casino gets suspicious, and then Meanwhile, a leprechaun statue wearing a medallion is dropped off to a pawn shop wherein the medallion is removed. The leprechaun comes to life. The pawn shop owner steals one of the coins out of the pot of gold. And the leprechaun gets very upset about that because as we learned, those coins can grant wishes. 
and also he wants his gold real bad and so the leprechaun goes on a murderous spree and then scott comes across the body trying to get more money because he ran out of gambling money and then so he gets the coin and he makes a wish to get really good at gambling and then at one point he gets attacked by the leprechaun starts turning into a leprechaun and while they're trying to solve that problem a bunch of other people in this casino keep making wishes and the leprechaun lubden is not happy about that <laughs> maybe this isn't lubden though if it is a different leprechaun every time maybe they're all named lubden. Not, they're all lubden. it's like it's like the jack smith of the leprechaun <laughs> world there's a bunch yeah, of them it's john doe that's what's up with this movie generally and um quick rundown cast and crew here we got brian trenchard smith directing he also did leprechaun 4 in space uh and a movie called the man from hong kong dead end drive-in it's written by david uh dubois who didn't really have a ton super notable to touch on edited by uh daniel duncan who did uh i spit on your grave from 2010 edited Mm -hmm. that one uh also a movie called peacemaker the music is by Dennis Michael Tenney, who also did the music for that movie, Peacemaker. He also did a movie called The Witch Trap, which is just a cool name for a thing. Ghoulies 4, and then a movie called Body Chemistry 4, Full Exposure. I don't know what that is, but it's a really good title. Yeah, um, I have no idea either. I dig it. Not to be outdone, cinematography is by David Lewis. Uh, he did UHF. Pee-wee's Playhouse, the music video for Fat by Weird Al, a few other Weird Al things, a movie called The Setup. He also did a movie called Night of the Demons 2, which Brian Trenchard Smith also directed. So we do have some crossover here. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to run through the cast. Uh, there's a few things I can point out. Only one of them is really important, so I'm going to save it for the end. So Warwick Davis, the titular leprechaun. Uh, John Gattins is uh, Scott our uh, bright-eyed college student. Lee Armstrong is Tammy. Carolyn Williams is Loretta. She is in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Notably. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have John Demita, who is Fazio, the magician, who has done a lot of like anime dubbing and video game voices. Like mm. He shows up in uh, Naruto, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown is the video game I decided to write down. Um, Michael Callen is Mitch. Tom Dugan is Art. Marcelo Tubert is someone we've seen before uh, playing Senor Ortega in Tremors 2 after- Aftershocks. Uh, here he plays Gupta, and we're going to talk about why that's a problem in just a little bit, because Jesus fucking Christ. Um, then we got Roger Hewlett, Heidi Staley, uh, Merle Kennedy, Rod McCary, Zoe Trilling, and Terry Lee Crisp. What a name on Terry Lee Crisp. Oh, that is awesome. He's the Elvis impersonator. Cool. Um, so John Gatons or Gattons, he is the protagonist. He was also in Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. But Liam, he has transitioned from an actor. Wow. He does a lot of producing and a lot of writing. He wrote the 2017 Power Rangers movie. He has the story by credit for the 2014 Need for Speed movie. And he has a story by credit on Kong Skull Island, among other things. Cool, man. Dude has made a fucking career for himself. Yeah, and doing PMAO type movies, but in a way that we uh, 
Yeah, we could do all. We could do all of those. Yeah, you gotta. I always John respect Dayton's someone that, that dedicates themselves to uh to the cause. Yeah, we we you know shout out to my man John Gatons one time. Uh, we appreciate your uh, service. Um, so there's our rundown. Plot rundown's already out of the way. I have not seen the first Leprechaun movie. You'll get to it shortly. So it sounds like we don't have much else to get to, Liam. But what you thought about Leprechaun Three? lost in new vegas <laughs> leprechaun vacation leprechaun takes vegas <laughs> oh man we gotta get a jason goes to vegas <laughs> that would be awesome i think that the people who did like the gritty reboot one should just forget the gritty tone that they did and do a vegas movie <laughs> <laughs> but but i want the people from the gritty one back <laughs> they've they've earned they it's theirs whatever it's yeah, theirs yeah. now. You know how hard it's going to be for a different group of people to get the rights? It's theirs. <laughs> um, Leprechaun 3. All right, I'll say it. I quite like Leprechaun 3, man. I was I was pleasantly surprised by Leprechaun 3. Um, maybe maybe I can't go that far because the thing is, like, I, I never watched the Leprechaun 3 movies because I guess I just kind of... <laughs> I've never watched all the Leprechaun 3s. <laughs> All the all the fan made versions of it, I've always avoided them. Um, uh, I've heard they're doing a remake, but just of Leprechaun Three. I haven't seen the the production stills from that. Um, no, I, I I never watched any of the Leprechaun movies. I think what it comes down to is just that I I didn't think I would like them. Um, I guess uh, you know I I threw out some theories early on, but I think what it is is just that. Um, I, I had it in my head that because it's such a a niche premise, it's so like gaudy, it's so camp that I I just figured it's gonna be comedy with like fantasy imagery, and uh, it's gonna it's not be... even that fantastical. It, it, I mean, that's true. I've, I, I've met a couple of leprechauns in my day. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying like it doesn't have fantasy things in it, but it's not like fucking nobody's like having fucking sword duels. Of course, but shooting magic. But, but having not seen the movies, I didn't know that. Um, I saw the poster with a leprechaun on it, and I was like, "Well, that's not a biopic. That's a, <laughs> that's a, a fantasy movie if I've ever." Well, dude, seen we one. need a biopic. Uh, just called like Life of Lubden or something, yeah. and it's all about Warwick Davis and his journey as the leprechaun. And uh, now that he's become a dad and stuff, you know what? That's that's not a bad idea. Hmm. We went to journalism school, Corey. John Gaten's call us. You can produce it. Something to think about. Um, so I, I, didn't, saddle. I didn't watch the Leprechaun movies just because I assumed that I wouldn't like them. And so I guess I I didn't... When, when it comes to this one, I, I wasn't assuming I wouldn't like it. Um, and that's because my taste has changed a good amount since I was a kid. Um, I like ridiculous... I loved Leprechauns when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I, I like ridiculous, uh, cheesy horror movies nowadays. Um, I, I still don't go for movies that are branded horror comedies, but a horror movie that that happens to be funny um is 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 a different thing um which a lot of 80s and 90s horror movies are i like direct video stuff i like like vhs era stuff and so i was i was really looking forward to checking this out and i was looking forward to um 
seeing a, a new franchise, you know, because it's, it's not often that these come along for me, which is why I also wanted to watch the original one to have a comparison point and also to um, eventually see all of them. Um, but I've never really, I, I still don't hear people talking about the Leprechaun movies with any seriousness and by that i don't mean like because i they're talking about them as if they're serious movies because i know they're not but with most horror franchises and um particularly like late horror sequels you still you hear people that really go to bat with them because they're so much fun like jason x you hear about um you hear about nightmare on elm street 2 i guess um, you, you, you hear that these movies sort of have these cult followings and I don't really hear anyone who's like a, a, a diehard leprechaun fan. I don't, I don't hear people talk about these movies at all. So I didn't really know where I was going to come Lord down the on it. Exactly, dude. Like it, it feels like it's like, um, as I've grown into adulthood, it's not like, with the Friday the Thirteenth movies and and the Nightmare on Elm Street and all those all those big hitters, um, it's not like I've realized. Oh man, these movies aren't just uh, uh, stuff that like critics don't like um, that and that people don't like. They actually they have a whole lot of fans. Um, I that hasn't happened with Leprechaun. It still kind of feels like he's like the sort of a laughing stock. He's like the odd man out that came and went and. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure like people would be like, no, there's there's dozens of us, but like exactly. at least tens, Jerry, tens of us in in my circles. I certainly don't really hear about it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did. I didn't know where where I was going to come down with this. Um, and I I've been babbling on so long that I don't. I I think I said I like it. Um, yeah, you but, you start. You led with that. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so I didn't know where I was gonna fall, and I was I was surprised, and and I was I was pleasanted to find out that I quite liked it, um, liked it more than I thought I would, in fact, because I thought um, at I, I thought at, honestly at the very least I I thought I'm gonna think that this is just a an okay movie. I wasn't expecting um, to think it was bad at all, just because my sensibilities are so now in line with what this movie clearly is direct video um first director video one yeah which is amazing because the first movie feels i've said it that it feels tonally similar but in terms of like budget sets um production values i think this one feels even even bigger um it it i i would not be able to tell you that like just if I didn't know that one of these was direct to video, one was theatrical. Like this one, this one feels even, even bigger and grander and more solid than that first one. So it's a that really amazes me. And the fact that we get Warwick Davis back for all these direct to video movies that doesn't really okay. happen either, right? Like it's a lot of times you'll get a horror franchise that that ends up veering into direct to video territory, and you just go on and on. You know, children. Children of the Corn, uh, the Amityville movies, um, Wrong Turn movies, but you get new casts every single time, and eventually it's just so far removed from what you originally had, and it's only in the last 
six years or so that the Leprechaun movies have become that. And that's just because Warwick Davis uh, finally said that that he had done enough of them. And damn, did he? He did so many of these movies. And in, in both Leprechaun 3 and the original Leprechaun, it feels like he's given it his all. You know, same with... Uh, the same way Freddy Krueger gives it his all and in all those movies it's like this is clearly this dude's character and he's having fun with it and he's he's here for it regardless of what the movie is Um, and Leprechaun 3 really feels like uh, just a fun cheesy movie where everyone involved had fun making it you know they they knew what they were doing Um, they know what kind of movie it is they actually they lean into the fun of it, um, which I think the the worst thing that could have happened is that uh, the movie is a lot more takes itself a lot more seriously. You know, I, I said earlier that I figured the original Leprechaun would be more of a serious movie, but now that I've seen this movie and the original Leprechaun, I think this is the best way to go. Um, uh, the comedy in the movies it just it feels very unique to this franchise and i think based on the two i've seen now um you know leprechaun 2 is sort of a missing chunk i don't know how we get from leprechaun 1 to leprechaun 3 i don't know how he became a statue but so far i think these are just like really cool popcorn movies where you just you, you get some popcorn, you get some lucky charms, <laughs> hang out with some buds and you just you just watch them. And so I thought I thought this movie had a whole lot of charm to it. Yeah, I uh, I I was not surprised to learn that this was going to be like almost maybe a, a comedy horror, not a really a horror comedy. At no point is it meaningfully attempting to scare you. Um, it's really here for the bit. And I can get behind that. I, I don't think that's a surprise to me that that's sort of what it was going for tonally with when the premise is there is a murderous leprechaun harassing the citizenry of Las Vegas um, and a few people who want to try to test their luck. But um, I think it was pretty much what I expected. Um, it was fun while watching it there are some good bits in it it's just sort of baffling at first to recognize that like they're really committed to this whole leprechaun gimmick um and like the music even from the very beginning is like it's beauty shots of like the las vegas skyline but with like pan flutes and shit like it's a very irish celtic kind of vibe going yeah. on Everything's- green green opening credits green opening credits uh green light constantly throughout the movie which does look cool there's a lot of pink light too interestingly but um yeah i mean i don't know if it's like amazing or anything but like it's a it'd be a fun movie to put on with a group of people like you're saying it was fun to watch um so there is one glaring overwhelming problem with this movie which is the fact that there is a pawn shop owner named Gupta who is played as an Indian man who is being played by an Argentinian American man who we last saw playing a Mexican person in a different movie. And they lean really hard into trying to make this guy who's not Indian sound like he has an Indian accent and Holy fuck. It's so wildly uncomfortable the whole time. Like, really had a hard time with that part. Because uh, I was like, wow, we were still doing this in 1995? Whew, okay. 
and it just it made me it made me uncomfortable. I was not crazy about that. And I, I think it's worth acknowledging that this is in there um, for anybody who might check it out. But yeah, so it starts with Gupta and he gets brought that fucking leprechaun statue and like the medallion gets taken off of it. Uh, and like you get like Irish music playing and he turns into the leprechaun man and they have like a friendly discussion that turns into like a standoff. Um, leprechaun like bites his toe off. It's fucking him up in yeah, a major way. He's a biter, that leprechaun. He's a biter. His love language is biting. And, um, and limericks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love limericks. And um, the whole movie is basically putting people in situations where their greed or hubris fails them and like you the the leprechaun gets to like do that monkey's paw you get your wish but a finger curls and like it goes poorly for you that's what happens like over and over and over again um warwick davis is really fun though he's he's all in in a way that's just so great Yes, yeah, he is uh, he's really the star of these movies. I mean, and he's so on display that if you're not into him, um, then you kind of, I think you've got to cast the whole franchise aside because mm-hmm. he's, he's, this, he's that way in the original Leprechaun movie too where he's, he's out there, you see his makeup, you see him moving around. It's not like he's shot in shadows. He talks a whole lot um, and the way I he talks I wish I had written is, down more of his limericks. Yeah, like he's always he's dropping limericks, he's dropping rhymes. All this goes for both movies, and he's just like, and he's doing a lot of violent things, but he's also doing a lot of just uh, like physical physical things that aren't necessarily violent, but you just like see him in all his leprechaun glory. And so he really is the the star of these movies. It's no wonder they're called the leprechaun movies, and it's not like a nightmare on Lep Street or something. Like it's, they're just about him, right? Yeah, no, he's the guy, um, and he wants his gold shilling. Tell him where it is, or there will be another killing. How many times do you think that he rhymed shilling with killing in this movie? If it ain't broke, <laughs> rhyme, it <as> many, <laughs> rhyme it as many times as you want. It exp- like, but those jokes go a little bit too far at points. Where um, I'm looking at the uh, I'm being given guidance here by the IMDb quotes page because I I couldn't remember all of this. But uh, Scott is turning into a leprechaun and he's in a hospital and there's a doctor and the doctor says, now listen to me. This may mean the difference between living and dying. Do you have health insurance? Which is a whole indictment of a different problem we don't have time to get into. But he says in an Irish accent, do you take green cross? Yes. Is the joke just that the cross is green? I think so. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Good one, boys. (laughs) really smashed that one out of the park fellas also that's not the only joke even about health insurance the uh the like mob guy who's trying to get his money from the casino owner the casino owner mitch is like i need like another day and he's like and i want health insurance for all americans just a weird bone to pick this is a political movie man that one i actually did write down i had that on time um and uh yeah i'm trying to think of like how i want to tackle this because 
there's just like a lot of individually good bit like good jokes but um i don't know if there's a ton else that i find like super fascinating i think i was mostly in it for what was funny as mentioned there is some cool lighting throughout the movie not just because like casinos have a lot of fun colors in them but there are a lot of scenes i guess inevitably lit in green um there are a lot of scenes lit in green and pink which i think is just a, a cool looking color uh combination um so i do like how the movie looks sometimes i think the effects are really good both for like creature stuff like when uh scott starts turning into a leprechaun and shit oh and he yeah that, he has that gnarly bite mark and stuff but um the one thing that i want to get out of the way the thing that i had a hard time with is uh i find that a lot of our supporting cast i really liked the actors and um scott and tammy huh there's some tough there's some tough scenes in here for them our protagonists there is some not great acting yeah there is some tough stuff uh not their finest moments are often on display you know it it doesn't surprise me to learn that one of those two main actors is now uh was it a writer and writer and producer and the other no longer acts she did not <laughs> act after this movie exactly because uh not only do they n- well you know what i think both of them are serviceable in this movie um like i think i think they both just fill their parts and and uh have some have some charming but moments the so i can't characters are really good at their bits like that... in a way that elevates the movie right and i'd say um you know, I don't, I don't know if that's experience because a lot of those secondary characters are are older actors. Um, but also, it, it might just be a natural charisma thing because I found that our two main characters, um, Scotty and Tammy, sort of like felt like they should be like tertiary characters just in the way they're acting and the way they look. Like they don't feel like they well in their role in the story, even like yeah. Nothing that's happening to them is necessarily more significant than anything happening to any of like any of these characters could be the protagonist if the movie decided they wanted that person to be the protagonist. Like it could be about a casino owner not having enough money and then he comes across a leprechaun and realizes he can wish for money but that has like consequences and then the coin starts bopping around and a bunch of people die or the Fazio fucking hates being a magician and wants to be better and then that's the impetus for everything happening. Or Loretta hates her job, and that's the impetus for everything happening. But it's it's a weirdly a stretch that's like now the impetus will be there's this kid he's going to school he's got a twenty three thousand dollar check he's naive and bright eyed and he's gonna find somebody broken down on the side of the road who is a magician's assistant that person is going to let him sneak into a casino underage and he will not follow her advice gamble all his money away discover the dead body of a pawn shop owner find the doubloon of a leprechaun and then wish to be really lucky to get his money back and that is the impetus of everything happening like. It's a long walk when it could have been any of those other characters. <laughs> and then you could still have that in the movie, like some kid who's not supposed to be in there. But I don't know if it needs to be your lead. That's yeah, that's very true. And I wonder if it's just that, you know, uh, horror movies typically have leads as uh, young adults, you know. Um, it might be as simple as that, but I, I think the movie, um, despite having m- more of a focus on Scotty and Tammy, I think it does a good job at eventually drifting into an as- ensemble piece and uh, giving all those secondary characters a moment to shine. That's like where those bits come through. I think I think that was that was really cool. Um, 
the first movie is also surprisingly an ensemble piece um, because I expected, because Jennifer Aniston is in that movie, I thought she would be our final girl. But the movie ends up keeping the group together the entire time. And it's 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 really more of a, uh, it feels more like um, an adventure movie in that sense, like a, like a, um, a movie where you have a group that discovers something weird is going on and they've all got to stick together. Um, the, the original Leprechaun was actually meant to be a kid's movie originally, and then uh, they ended up adding in the gore afterwards and doing some reshoots and making it a horror movie. And so um, I think the the group in that movie makes it feel unique. And I think in this movie, even though we do have those two main characters, I think the fact that we give each of these secondary characters some moments to shine uh, was actually very, uh, it, it just added to the fun of the movie. You know, it, it yeah, feels a bit the vignette-y. secondary characters. It's super vignette and the secondary characters elevate it. And the whole second half of the movie is like, um, the whole second half of the movie is different people get the coin, make a wish, and then something bad happens. Um, while Scott and Tammy are trying to solve the leprechaun problem, but frankly, you're a lot more interested in like the antics. Um, but even with the pawn shop owner, <laughs> he wants to kill the leprechaun because the leprechaun attacked him, and he wants to keep his gold. But he's like, "Oh shit, fuck! Oh man, I've never had to fight a leprechaun before. What do I have in this pawn shop?" that'll let me learn about leprechauns hmm and he goes to his desk his trusty desk drawer liam and he pulls out a cd an interactive cd-rom called legends and folklore pops that into the old pc goes and searches leprechaun and all the exposition any viewer would need about the powers and personality traits of this leprechaun are presented in interactive animation on a computer and it's the one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life yeah you were laughing just at the at the idea of it the idea that like the movie was like oh fuck we need exposition what are we gonna do interactive cd-rom that is randomly in this pawn shop owner's desk has like eight options in it and one of them happens to be leprechaun yeah yeah, I, I thought that was great, it, especially because it's your first direct-to-video movie. You can't assume that everyone's seen yeah, this movie like, have, have catch seen the other up. two. Yeah, um, so I, th- I thought that was super charming, and you know, this is like a mid-90s movie as well, and so it, it ties it into that time period, and so that was that was a lot of fun. I dug that. Yeah, it's it, that's really good. And I do like the gimmick. I do kind of like that our characters, like we got a real motley crew. We've got like disgruntled casino employee, disgruntled casino magician, disgruntled casino owner, aspirational magician, college student. That's a fun mix of people. Um, and I think that the movie shines when you start getting into that, I think. Like when the leprechaun is going from like casino to casino, like, I wonder if me shilling's in here and then I'll go drink a cold beer or whatever the fuck he's doing. And he's like, Oh, I bet they're in the Irish one. I feel lucky about that. And, um, (laughs) people are just having like, they're just bickering and having disagreements and trying to get money. And like, there's that whole angle with like Loretta, the casino employee and Fazio, the magician, like that kid just wants so much fucking money. 
It's like he's magic. I think he is magic. I think the gold coin is magic. Fazio, we have to go rob that child for all of his money and his gold magical coins. And um, I conceptually, it's fun. In practice and execution, it's fun. But I find that as I'm just describing things in the movie, I don't know how to like discuss it. It's just like, yeah, there's some funny dumb shit in here. The sequences where the people die at the hands of the Lubden are good. There's some unexpected turns. I don't know. I feel like I've hit a bit of a wall. No, man. Like, that's what the movie is, and that's kind of the joy of it. You know, it's a it's a rental movie. You get it. You watch it on Friday night, and then um, maybe over the week, you tell your friends about it. Then next Friday, you guys get it again so you can show it to some new people, and you watch it, and it's like you're, you're not learning anything new about the movie having seen it a second time, but you're having fun with it because uh, the, the, the bits are still fun. The, the fun bits you saw are still fun, and I think um, <laughs> this movie has a lot of charm to it that way. I'll definitely watch it again. Same goes for the first one. I like that... Um, I, I like the casino setting for sure and all these characters that fill it out. If not for the killer leprechaun, it feels like this could be like a a sitcom pilot about this, yeah, this yeah. casino, you know, just occupied with these wacky characters like the magician stuff and the disgruntled boss. It's just it's, you know, it's, and it's the mob. <laughs> there's a whole mob going on. And the, the, I like it when the fucking Tom Ford looking guy and the like buff hawaiian shirted muscle are just talking about like uh, wish i was more comfortable i feel like my underwear is all fucked up all my boxers are fucked up oh yeah i'm wearing briefs now oh you're wearing briefs now yeah yeah you don't seem like a briefs guy no i'm a briefs guy yeah like i love that that's so weird like just what a weird scene to include in your 90 minute movie Oh um, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That feels like it directly inspired like some of the uh, extraneous dialogue scenes in in the Halloween 2018 movie. I love stuff like that <laughs> where you just get to dwell on two characters, just kind of like taking a break from the events of the movie. And just, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Chilling. It's it's really good, and um, yeah, I like that. I okay, the the. <laughs> The sequence with Loretta. So Loretta spends the movie being accosted by her coworkers for not being attractive enough. It was 1995, I guess. Um, and she's like, "Oh, I know what I'll do. If I got, if I, if I could make a wish, I'd be so fucking hot. You guys would not believe it. I'd be so hot." And then she gets a wish, and she's like, "Hey, Leprechaun, magic, make me hot, please." And um, it does that for about two minutes of movie runtime. And then the leprechaun is like, hey, you took my coin. You took, you took me shilling. It's time you for took, killing. You took me shilling. It's time for killing. I was trying to think of a new rhyme, but there's a reason he sticks with that one. And um, so that this is one of the <laughs> weirder, more outrageous horror movie deaths I've maybe ever seen. Oh, yes. And uh, it's it's like that's uh, that's such a good like sequel death you know where it's, <laughs> this is the sort of thing that gets isolated as a youtube clip and people are like what the fuck like i've never seen that and of course they haven't seen it because it's from like a random sequel of a horror franchise and and they ask what is this from and you, you see someone comment that's like it's from leprechaun 3 and you're like holy shit i'm i'm so glad this youtube clip exists because i never would have seen leprechaun 3 but like 
sometimes you watch these these sequels and there's just gold in them. Tell people what happens, Corey. So Loretta's like, I want to be sexy and hot. And it's like, got it. And then the leprechaun is like, what if you were too sexy and hot? And she's like, what? And so there's no there's no better way to describe it than to just describe it. Um, her <laughs> her breasts and her ass just continue to get bigger and her lips as well just bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger oh yeah when you think and they're gonna stop they keep going they just keep going and uh it's unpleasant she seems like she's not having a great time she attempts to leave can barely keep her balance her hope all of her proportions are truly fucked at this point she gets stuck in a doorway because she's simply too wide and, <laughs> and then she fucking explodes her her boobs and her butt get so big liam that she explodes oh man and that that like that made and it's it... not even bloody it looks like latex <laughs> yes it really does um besides the aftermath like not looking the way i would imagine it would no, that's, i honestly think that's funnier like <laughs> yeah it makes it way funnier but also the fact that she exploded i gotta be honest with you Corey. it seems obvious but i didn't see it coming and so when it happened it made the whole thing feel more real to me the explosion like, or the expanding the explosion when okay. the explosion happened, it made the whole thing feel more real to me because I think I just thought she was going to get so big and grotesque and it's like, then he leaves her there and that's just, she has to live with that. But the fact that she exploded was made me realize that it's like, oh man, that actually was her body getting so big and expanding and it, it could take it to a point and then it couldn't take it. And I was like, man, she must have been in a lot of pain as these things were stretching and then eventually her body just like i was like man i guess if you stretched so much eventually you would explode and so like it was funny but it was also sort of unsettling to me the whole scene is you see some different makeup effects like in different stages and it's uh it's it's creepy man like it's obviously it's being played for laughs but also that's the sort of thing that i could uh, if someone could tell me they saw that on cable when they were a kid yeah. and like it really if fucked the them up and, well and if the tone were different it could be just truly haunting but in this yeah. movie it's it's played as a bit so it's kind of a bit um so the casino owner is pretty gross and he's all touchy with tammy and um he wishes to prove to loretta that he is still enough of a sex machine convince tammy to have sex with him and because he's holding the coin when he says that that's what happens uh and thank christ it wears off before anything too particularly heinous happens but it's still a that scene is just uncomfortable largely because it's like oh i don't love anything that involves somebody being made to do something that would definitely be against their will which this is uh but once Tammy is set free from that like hypnotism and tells him to go get fucked uh, and is able to leave, um, he's like, oh, this sucks. I didn't get to do the gross thing I wanted to do with that unwilling participant. Um, but the leprechaun shows up and he's like, he starts playing commercials on the TV to get his attention with like hot ladies and stuff. 
and he gets up to the TV real close. He's gonna like video drum his way into the TV, and um, a a whole woman comes out, Liam. A whole woman comes out of the television. Oh, how can I forget? And she's down to clown till they're dead in the ground. Yep. And they're going to get down. But Mitch is getting concerned. He's like, I think the TV is talking to me. She's like, no, it's, trust me, it's not. And it's like, I don't know. That TV commercial for like a lawyer definitely just said, I'm going to die. Mitch, me, the guy in the room. <laughs> she's like, no, it's nothing. And then uh, <laughs> and, and he's like, no, really, I think there's something weird going on with the TV that you just climbed out of. <laughs> <laughs> I ignored that part, but now I'm concerned. And then and what happens to him, Liam? Oh, man. So uh, how, wait, how does she become the robot, Corey? Does it just happen? Yeah, she like short circuits and melts or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- that's it, really, right? She just, she's she goes from being uh, this human, this human lady that wants to have sex with him into this robot person that wants to have sex with him. She becomes very mechanical it, it it all of a sudden becomes very obvious that this is someone who's who at least had one parent that was a tv and so she becomes a a, a robot thing and uh she's on top of him doing the do and uh and then he gets got doesn't he yeah in a major way and um if here's the bottom line i think for me if you can get over a couple things that are gross because it was 1995, um, like it's obviously not a great movie with racism or consent. Uh, if you want the experience we're currently having, which is just talking about all the wild shit in this movie, you will have a good time with this movie. It is that simple. I do not know how else to talk about it. Like I feel like I can't, um, I can't think about how to discuss it in a way that feels thoughtful it's just remember that time the magician got sawed in half like that's all i've got i don't know but if that's what you're looking for there you go this is this will do the trick yeah i dig it those are the sort of movies that just eventually become my favorite movies because i can't stop thinking about those bits i need to watch it again and i just get such a great appreciation for the bits and then i get attached to the characters i love seeing this this uh that mitch i love seeing him just getting scorched to death on this bed because um uh as opposed to the to the racism um that just seems you know really unfortunate and careless and uh and mean um the the consent stuff going on here it it never it never has a sympathize with mitch you know he's he's all we no yeah he's a fucking scumbag and and he and then things turn before they get uh too bad for um tammy and she gets out of there she gives she gives him a piece of her mind and gets out of there and then we get to enjoy the dude getting absolutely getting absolutely pitted and so i thought i thought that was a that was a really cool uh subplot you know i was i was uncomfortable of course when tammy was uh was loving up on him because um i i didn't know how far it was gonna go and also i, I felt terrible for her but i also it, it was all in service of this of this moment and so it was it was uh it was cool with me i thought that was really satisfying if you want to watch a movie uh, with lines that end in the punchline is that something involved is green. Good film. At what point Tammy is like, 
let me go, you son of a bitch. And Lubden says, that's no way to speak about me, mother. Bless her green soul. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, it's yeah. Awesome. How could I forget? That's one of the things I did have written down. Um, or there's when Scott calls like hotel security. And he's like, I'd like to report a leprechaun. A leprechaun. Little yeah. green guy. He tried to kill me. I know. I know. Like, like the humor is very like base in that way, but like I'm I'm into it. I'm just I'm not. There's not a lot to d- delve into in terms of like the progression of the plot for our protagonist. It's like yeah, they they fucking fight and kill the leprechaun. Well, here's the thing, Corey. I I thought it was really notable that an hour and seven minutes into this hour and a half movie is when we get our third death. That is when um, uh, Loretta balloons up and explodes. And I thought that was really uh, interesting because normally, especially in an hour and a half long movie, you're going to have at least one or two more deaths than that. And so now I'm sitting here reflecting on the movie thinking, what the heck happened for that first hour? Because all we have is is Gupta from the pawn shop dying and Mitch dying. Um, But I never felt like there was uh an aimless or a boring period i was still into it so the movie must have been doing something in that first hour that was that was keeping me hooked besides just killing people yeah i guess i guess so um i had a thought while you were talking and it it was going to be this really astute great point you know that i'm really known for on the show and i've completely forgotten what it was you'll you'll have to add it in as you're editing the episode future core here about to win the smackdown put it in in post but uh i'm really trying to remember what it was damn hate when that happens hate when that happens when i'm recording a podcast um a a lot of that first hour is just you know the the left yeah he doesn't even start turning into a leprechaun until like halfway through the movie either yeah yeah and and that makes sense to me um because that that feels like it's like your ticking time bomb in the last in in the third act and so now stuff really has to get moving because we uh we have this dire circumstance that has evolved from the more generalized hijinks yeah no i think that's fair for sure but once it starts happening, it is it's really cool. There's a lot of different stages of makeup that we see. And also I just I found that he like just started looking more Irish too. Like not even more like a leprechaun. Cause he that happens as well. But like they just they do things to his face where it's just like he looks more typically like someone that is that is Irish and like his bone structure and stuff. And um I thought that was really cool. And the actor gets to have some fun. There's there's one point where him and uh, our OG leprechaun Lubden Warwick are just like limericking at each other. Yeah, they're having like a fucking limerick duel. <laughs> yes, that was that was so good. And I also I would be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite base dumb bit, which is when uh, they're at the hospital because they're trying to get uh, Scott some treatment because he's becoming a leprechaun he's been bit by the leprechaun on the arm and apparently that turns you into a leprechaun i don't know if they go there in other leprechaun movies that's, that's obviously the lore well no because <laughs> gupta does not start turning into a leprechaun <laughs> true eh? weird i th- doesn't he get like leprechaun blood in his bite or something isn't that the reason i guess so hey eh? i guess so he has some um, green stuff in there that definitely wasn't supposed to be in there 
Yeah, so he's becoming a leprechaun. They go to the hospital because, you know, you've got to. And a doctor says, okay, I have to look at your uh, encephalogram, see what's going on here. And he rolls out a big, you know, a long scroll of paper. And you see through the back of the paper, which is just a great comedic touch. So uh, you're seeing that he's looking at the encephalogram. And in stamped four-leaf clovers, it just spells fuck you. Yeah. With the, with the letter is, U. <laughs> that, is, that is the weirdest nonsense bit in the whole movie. It's so strange. Um, And so what it comes down to with both Leprechaun 3 and the original Leprechaun, because I, I really do like them both, I'd say that I just really like that both of them manage to fit so many jokes, so many different, like... Uh, so many different tools, so many different vehicles, so many different manners of death, so many different jokes and like the jokes and the repetition of the joke is also a joke. Like the fact that we get so many shilling killing rhymes at some point it stops being funny and then it becomes funny again. Um, (laughs) And so I just really love that these movies take the premise of a killer leprechaun that is like also a, a quipster and, uh, and they ring it for all it's got. Like, it feels like uh, there's another movie from the 80s called Killer Clowns from Outer Space that yeah. l- that leans really heavily into, okay, if we had clowns that they're, like, big into games, they're big into the circus, uh, they're big into, like, playing tricks on people, what what can we get from that? And it, it, it just manages to exploit the premise for all it's worth and i think this movie does that as well um which is pretty amazing because uh they're at the third movie at this point you know i don't know what's in that second movie if they kept it up or if this movie um it took a a a particularly like adept director to to figure out how to get it back on track i don't know and i'm excited to figure it out but but i think it's really remarkable that by the third movie and by the direct to video debut nonetheless this this series still feels fresh um and i think the 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 greatest testament to that is just that warwick davis warwick davis's makeup still looks amazing here yeah he looks really good that's just that's like such a cool um indication that this movie despite now being direct to video and deep into the franchise still has care and heart behind it you know you can't say the same thing for teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 at that point the costumes were totally they had lost money they did they didn't they didn't seem to care enough to figure out how to how to make better things work right they're just there's just nothing there but in this one it's like despite the direct-to-video um, mandate or release or whatever you want to call it, this movie still feels like it has the soul. And it might have even, uh, from what I've read, it might have even had a bigger budget than the original Leprechaun. And it's just, back then, direct-to-video markets. Wasn't um, that big a deal. And like, theatrical that wasn't a markets. Yeah, it was, it was just different This was the enough. best-selling direct-to-video movie of the, uh, 1995. I love that man. That warms my heart. I I just I totally get that. It's it's that sort of movie. And so uh this this was a whole lot of fun and I am very excited to see what else the leprechaun gets up to. You know, he's the sort of dude that it's just um I'm not 
that charmed by the idea and like it's it's so so much you know uh, like i'm not i'm not even a big freddy krueger guy um in those later sequels once he really starts dropping lines and stuff but there's something about the the fact that the leprechaun premise is so ridiculous from the outset that i'm able to enjoy these movies for for doing that from the very beginning like there's listen to this Corey, and i want you to see the original leprechaun so i'm not going to spoil i'm not going to spoil uh too much but let me tell you this there's a scene in the original leprechaun where the leprechaun is coming to kill this big group that uh that um has stolen his gold very similar premise and he's running at them in this dark yard and uh they start throwing shoes at him and he has to he keeps stopping to shine the shoes but he's pissed about it he really wants to get at them and just like kill them to smithereens but every time a shoe drops in front of him he can't help but stop and shine the shoe and it's just yeah like, that was such a what is bit. going yeah. on and so that that's the sort of mo- that's the sort of movies we're dealing with here so I, I just love it i mean i'm not gonna put it better than that yeah that's a pretty perfect wrap-up on what what you're in for if you check this out good job yeah, good, good job, movie, and and knowing that the same director good job, did Leprechaun for doing a good rundown. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, and I will say, like you're about to say, same director did Leprechaun Four. Friend of the show Ben Meckler says that's the best one. So maybe check that one out. Yeah, maybe we'll be checking it out next year. Some we'll, uh, some we'll year we will check that out. So here, here's what we got to do, Corey. Um, do you want to spin to see which Leprechaun movie we're doing next year, or do we save it a year? because there might be more leprechaun movies by the time we get to early march of next let's year. say let's save it i think all right sounds good to me let's be careful sure uh would you like to spin for what we're gonna do next week we have to yeah back on track everybody we, so we've got a big list to pick from how many things are on there now 286 jesus okay so i'm all locked and loaded we can hit this right away ready all to right. go yep three two one Spin. 225. Okay. Another high number. We've been getting a lot of those. All right, Corey. So just above 225, we have the Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, that would have been neat. And just below it, we have White Noise 2. I don't know what that is. Inevitably, I guess it's the sequel to White Noise. (laughs) But what did we get? 225, Corey, next week we will be talking about the remake of Flatliners. Oh! Okay. Trying to think about anything I know about that. Not a lot coming to mind. Is Elliot Page in that? Yeah. Okay. That's the only thing I can remember. Eh, worst things could happen. There you go. (laughs) I keep forgetting, like, I kind of even forgot that that was a remake. I mean, obviously it is, but yeah. Okay, so Flatliners from whatever year that came out. I know very little. I know a very slight amount about this film. Don't look up too much, Corey. If you discover this takes place in Vegas, I swear to God. Does it take place in Vegas? (laughs) I don't know. Don't look it up. I mean, I've seen a trailer for this movie before. I was alive when this movie came out. (laughs) I didn't see any casinos in it, but, you know, whatever. All right. 
I guess we'll get out of here then. I don't. I need to find a better way to exit out of the. <laughs> oh my god! I guess that's it then. <laughs> I need to find. I need to find like. I need like a good in and out line for the William Castle film. Generally, yeah. Lately, it's been like the end of every episode say. sounds like we're just finishing an awkward one night stand. And it's like, oh, well, uh, you're gonna catch the bus, Liam, or I kind of got stuff to do. I guess that's it. I made breakfast, but like not enough for two people. <laughs> yeah, we uh we did what we came here to do. So uh... talk about Leprechaun Three. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something I can do. Thank everybody once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and what sort of weird situation you would put Loved in the Leprechaun in. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find her on Instagram at Jade Sketches. Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. And uh, I also do another podcast with friend of the show, Neil, called MK PodQuest, which is how you can find us on all social media and podcast platforms. We we're talking about the uh, horny fantasy karate action fantasy television TV show for TV, Mortal Kombat Conquest. We are coming up to the end of that uh, the week this comes out or maybe the week after. Math is hard. But if you want to catch up, you have a little bit of time left, you can check that out. And um, with that out of the way, Flatliners 2017 coming up next week. We'll catch you here next time for more. They made another one.